This week on The Clappers, we talk about Married at First Sight. And I don't bring it up. No, it's me. <laughs> and also, we talk about our favourite things. <laughs> Osama Bin Laden, the one that man play. That's true. And Carl Witten saw a kind of on-course screening and fundraiser of the Gatwick at Acme. We talk about that too. Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. I'm Carl Quinn. I'm going to tell you about a bit of theatre that I went to. Okay, good. I, I apologise before I get going on this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been and gone in Melbourne. Uh, mm-hmm. It is actually uh, appearing in Canberra and in Sydney. Okay. Uh, and within the window of when people around uh, Australia mm-hmm. might listen to this, it's possible yeah. that you're going to find it. Okay. It's called Bin Laden, the one-man show. Yep. And... It is. Uh, it is precisely that. Mm-hmm. It's. It's. Uh, it's like one man on stage. Like those. Yeah, those chopperitos guys who dress up as Chopperid and and stand up there pretend to be him in pubs. Right. No, I'm not familiar with that. Are Tell you me joking? More. Tell me no, more. Well, there was that. There was an Eric Banner film, as everyone knows. Yeah. And for some reason, that spawned at least two. Um, bulky men to shave their head and grow a handlebar moustache and paint fake tats on and and act like Chopper Reed in in a sort of vaguely comic sense and people would pay and and see them, you know. There's uh, there's the comedian who does the Chopper Reed show. That could be one of them. Um, uh, A lot of comedians out there this time of year. (laughs) Comedy Festival looming. (laughs) It's amazing. What I love about the Comedy Festival is that you have all these people. Heath Franklin is the comedian I'm thinking of, yes. Comedian in inverted commas. He's on occasion quite Mm. funny, but, you know. But can I just say very quickly, I don't want to get away from Osama Bin Laden, the one-man comedy. Um, (laughs) What I love about the Comedy Festival, and you, you have to be in the right place at the right time to catch this, is that there are people out there who their work colleagues or their parents or their friends will tell them that they're really funny and you should give stand-up a go because you are, you know, they'll make a funny quip at work or something. And those crazy schmucks and only go and, and believe and them. And they will stand up there and they will, they will give what they imagine is a, is a, is a 10 minutes of gold and it's, of course, not and it's wonderful, just hilarious. Hilarity ensues in all the wrong ways but you can't, you just got to be lucky you know there's a lot of peripheral venues to the main comedy festival venues where you might be likely to see someone who may have a bit of cash or whose parents may have funded a a, mm-hmm. a, a new career a for three them. three-year workshop and well, development process I, I see this in in music there are a lot of people out there whose parents really believe in them and put a lot of money into assembling a band and a photo shoot and clips and recordings and out they go and they are ghastly yeah, but yeah, occasionally uh, somebody emerges out of that that uh, wealthy family support structure. You're talking about the guy from The Strokes, aren't you? No, Albert well, Hammond Jr. Uh, well, well, Albert, well, Albert Hammond Jr. You can yeah, go there yeah, if yeah, you yeah. wish. He, he's uh, rich, so yeah. sure, sure. Uh, no, I, all I was going to yeah. say is that there is a fine tradition mm-hmm. of the sons and daughters of of uh, the well-to-do mm. having prosperous careers in the arts. Talking, you're talking Jimmy Barnes. You're I, talking no, no, no. Do- I'm not no, saying. No, I'm not no. saying that it's I, only I that. Okay, so not music. Oh, no, everything, everything. Okay. Oh, Music, okay. well, give painting, me some names. literature. This is, this is all news to me. Give me oh, some names on. of the, the scions of the aristocracy getting uh, really great careers in art. I didn't say aristocracy. Okay. I said well-to-do. Squatocracy. Squatocracy. Look, I would, I would make the very, very broad assertion mm-hmm. that uh, the... Th- 
the arts as we understand them mm. uh, would not really exist in the form that they do exist were it not for the government. No, the the financial support mechanism of of families with money. Oh no, no, no I, sorry. And then, I, I and then the working class, and then the working here. class, basically, are supported not, or were supported yeah. by the government. Yeah, right? no, no. So what I meant was people's own family, not not the. The, the That's exactly what I'm talking oh, about, okay. Andrew Young. Sorry, I thought you were talking you about... You are talking about cross You're talking about like Dick Pratt and um, the Gantners and all the other wealthy Melbourne families who fund exhibitions and give, give donations and I, set up I would foundations. say that throughout history, yep. those who pursue a career in the creative arts mm. right, have tended not to have to worry about where the next meal is coming from. That's the assertion I'm making. It's a pretty general one. It's, it's a very broad it's very, it can one. It can be so easily refuted. Let's not refute this I now. I think it can be. Let's not refute this You can now. find exceptions, but I, I don't think you can refute the broad assertion. I, I can't. Anyway, uh, yes. let's get back to Bin Laden. Let's get back to Bin Laden. A, a man, son a of man a, a wealthy Saudi Who was family. the son of a wealthy Saudi family. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Renounced his wealth. Not unlike um, who, Muhammad, I think, was also wealthy and renounced his wealth, a prophet. I, now, I can't Am I right actually, there or wrong? Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. Yes, I certainly I'm not an expert on on. Well, I'm not an expert in anything, but I'm certainly not an expert on Muhammad. I can, no. I can I'm married at first sight coming soon. He's, he knows all about that. <laughs> <laughs> Bin Laden, the one man show, mm. is a two man production. Of course, it is. Well, it's put on by a company called Naive Theatre. They're English, and mm-hmm. there's a guy called Tyrrell Jones who's a sort of writer. Well, they co-write. Yeah. Uh, He's the uh, producer, director, dramaturge, I suppose yep. you'd say, and Sam Redway, who's the performer mm-hmm. and co-writer. Yep. And Sam is the man on stage yes. playing Bin Laden. Mm-hmm. No beard, no turban, yep. nothing. He's mm-hmm. wearing a white business shirt. He's wearing a pair of, you know, office slacks, whatever. Okay, yep. Gingery blonde hair. Yes. Very English looking. And he offers... Your cup of tea and a biscuit as you come mm-hmm. in, and uh, engages in this kind of, uh, you know, sort of relaxed kind of banter to begin with, and then mm. begins telling the story of Bin Laden in the first person. Okay, so he does him. He plays, plays, but he doesn't impersonate. Okay, all right. Yeah, he uh, he's basically the conduit for this this story, mm-hmm. and. It's a, it's a, it, like a no frills production. Yeah, one man on stage, very yeah. few props, a uh, bit of lighting mm. and a bit of sound, bit mm. of music, uh, and that music tends to be very stirring at moments of kind of, uh, uh, say, military campaign or yeah. whatever, and and it tends to be music that you might recognise from, say, uh, American war films, okay. for instance. Mm. So the the trajectory of it is basically. Here's a guy who, as you walk in the door, you have an assumption of what Osama bin Laden means, and it means, in essence, it means 9-11 mm-hmm. to, to Western audiences. And it brings it brings you into a sort of a, a position, to, to some degree at least, of empathy, where you, where you start to understand him as a man who grew up in, uh, in, in a part of a, – a, a time in history and yep. a part of the world where – Foreign forces were present yeah. and oppressive, uh, specifically the Russians in Afghanistan, later the Americans in various parts of the Middle East. And it it's really about this fight for liberation. It's, it paints him as a sort of Che Guevara figure, and, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't, mm. and then it mm. moves. And it's, 
I've never, very, I've never seen him as a liberator of his people. Well, it's interesting. There's a lot in there. His people being the Saudis. Well, no, forget the Saudis. Yeah. Think about it as as the uh, Arab world, the, the Arab Muslims world. of the Muslims. Arab world. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's a very interesting exercise, mm. and it's an hour long, mm-hmm. and uh, it messes with you in in terms of like where. You, you know what you feel about this, and, yeah. and your sympathies, and where mm-hmm. you go. Oh, yeah, I, can't, I, I can understand that. And then, then you go, but hang on, mm-hmm. that's the twin towers, you know, and yeah, that's, yeah. you know, that's that's a shocking moment that you can't elide from the story at all, and nor does it attempt to. And it's not, it's not, it's not a an apologia. It's it's an exploration sure, of the sure. motivation and the background. And then, yeah, at the end of the hour, the audience is invited to hang around and have a chat mm-hmm. and basically engage in a. Debate slash discussion with with the, the two the character chaps. or the two no, real with, life with they're the, real life men yeah, now they're yeah, back yeah, to themselves yeah. so it's like a Q and A at the end of a film indeed, indeed. or a, a, a Q and A the show with Tony Jones <laughs> sort of it's like not. it's like Q and A but but not, not. Uh, did it, you did you I went, regret I, the hour that you beguiled with no, no, the I, ginger I, boy. I, 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 I found this whole exercise really very interesting. I mean, well, I was... Yeah, I mean, okay, so I meet you... Sometimes can you try and be you, you, not you, the man at work, doing this because it's his professional obligation. I did this, I did this yeah. not for work. Yeah, so good, I good, did good. This, yeah. I did this as a punter on a Friday night. Yeah, and you know? it was good, and you liked it. Well, I'm going to offer the caveat, okay, right? right okay. yeah. I saw it at Theatre Works in St Kilda. Now, this show has played the Edinburgh Festival to big houses and to mm-hmm. small houses. It's done, it, you know, it's touring around Australia. It's it's had yeah. quite, uh, quite a lot of Sounds like an over, Edinburgh thing. Yeah, it's been around for about four or five years. So it's been, it's been you know, trafficking yeah. quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, there were 10 people in the theatre when I saw it on a Friday yeah. night. Yeah. Where? where? Theatre Works theater in St Works. Kilda. In St Kilda. Which yeah. would normally hold uh, in that configuration, uh, at a guess, 200, 250. Okay. Yep. So it was pretty empty. And for the for the, <laughs> for the afterwards chat, oh, no. two people, oh, no. oh, <laughs> of no. whom I was one. You were one. And Did you have a good chat? Did you get all your other, questions answered? That's guy, always the problem with the these. The other guy yeah. was on the brink of leaving and I said, oh, what do you think? Do you understand? He said, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I said, look, I'll buy you a beer. And he went, mm. Okay, all right. So I put him a beer. You can get a man to do the, anything the t- in the world, can't you? Anything. <laughs> hey, can you hold this bag? I know it's ticking, but could you just hold for a second? Oh, hey, I'll buy you a beer. Oh, okay. And then the two guys, whom I will henceforth refer to as the theatre company, the theatre company came out into the uh, foyer, saw there were two of us, and they were, queuing up, for they a, they were queuing, queuing up for a beer as well, and I said, you know what? I'll buy you a beer. I just kind of felt. Man, you are. I was feel. I was full of the goodness me. The joy of <laughs> the milk of human kindness. I think that that from what you said, yeah. I don't think it. I think it deserves a few more people than that. I don't think it doesn't sound like it's very bad. It's, it's not bad it, at it, all. No, it, it, was, it, it sounds like very well. It sounds done. like it's it's something really worth seeing and something yeah. that I think thought provoking and yeah. discussion provoking as yeah. it is is something that 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 could do very well in schools. I've done you the great service of yakking mm. on endlessly about mm. Bin Laden, the one-man play. Yes, I, I still... Thereby I allowing still, space in your brain. I know, brain. because I was engaging <laughs> with you. I thought you were going to talk about something that you... You know, one of your normal things, some Marvel superhero oh, hang on, hang on, film. Hang on, hang on. Let, me do, let me talk about Married at First Sight. Well, oh, uh, in as basic 
got a real dressing down from the judge in his in his basic Basic. Uh, yeah i think basic yeah. <laughs> it's a new phrase that i've only just recently found out about and i think it's i think it's a great phrase i, I won't elaborate on that phrase but yes in his basic reminds me of so many people whose grasp on fame is so tenuous who who take it with both hands and, and do every kind of thing that's wrong and messed up and public and shameful. I should say, perhaps, that she was convicted of being 0.146, uh, which is... that high? Which is, yeah, I remember thinking... Blood alcohol. Blood alcohol, yeah. yeah. That's three times the legal limit is what I said to myself as I read that. And I thought, because women absorb alcohol differently to me, I thought, that is incredible. And... Fighting, yelling, screaming at the police, screaming at her mother, swearing. Apparently deliberately drove into another vehicle. Deliberately drove into another vehicle. And I thought, this is the kind of thing that... Just your that, basic kind just of... Just your basic kind of... Bad bogan, behaviour. Bad behaviour. Yep, the four Bs. And the, the best thing about that, of course... Now, I have to confess, I don't know who this person is. I've watched the show, but I just caught... MAFS. I thought Carl's going to want to talk about this. I better read it all, read it all up about it, so I'm, I don't appear to be ignorant of the most important thing in Australia at can, this time. Can I just say I had no intention of talking about it, but you know, go for it. Go for so, it. the the her lawyer asked for the judge not to record a conviction. She's been convicted of some serious, dangerous crimes against society. Right. Being that drunk behind the wheel of a car is really serious. Deliberately ramming another vehicle is really serious. And so she's got some some modelling and and um, endorsement opportunities or whatever it is in the states. Please don't record a conviction. Outrageous! I may have gotten bored with the article at that point, and I'm not <laughs> sure if I got to the end where it says whether a conviction was or was not recorded. But it would be a, a massive miscarriage of justice if a conviction was not recorded. Normal punters commit far lesser crimes than that and have points taken off their licences or have uh, bonds posted or good behaviour, all these different things that a regular average person who is not on married at first sight pretending to be talented and ex- exciting. Uh, so I just find this is a very poor use of the sentencing and the law if this is the case. Community service order, that's what she got. Community service order, but does that mean a conviction recorded? or uh, No or conviction was recorded. So what I wanted to say to you, Carl, and this is apropos of some important political, yeah, I think political and social things that have been happening in Australia in the last week. I'm talking about the uh, James Ashby. I'm talking about One Nation. I'm talking about their trips to the United States, yep. which you're up on. The Al Jazeera sting. The Al Jazeera sting, the, NRM, the NRA uh, funding attempt. I, as a teenager, joined the NRMA. <laughs> I joined the NRMA and I thought it was a, an excellent organisation. I was young. I was 17 when I first joined. Are you still waiting for your air rifle to turn um, up? I was a member for six years and I renounced my membership more than 25 years ago. I want everybody to know this because it's going to come out and I want to get on the front foot with this and say I was a member of the NRMA, but I'm now a proud member of the RACV. Very good. I'm glad to hear you're a reformed yep. lobbyist. Yeah. Well, I just didn't, you know, people can confuse these acronyms so easily. Even Indeed. the brightest of us, mm. those who have read books, not free big books. Or a book. Or a book, least. nonetheless. Yeah, so I posted on our Clappers Facebook page the Hugh Parkinson. Uh, Hugh Parkinson did a great little video edit of 
snippets from a couple of well-known films and various members of One Nation all around this subject. So if people have been keeping their ears to the, the news, then they will know what we're talking about and you can just check it out on the page as well as the the poll from last week uh from our last episode i should say about who should become the new host of insiders in the last week Mm -hmm. since we spoke Mm -hmm. so much has happened what since that button has been paused What? All kinds of things. All kinds of developments. Well, I've been to the movies. Have you? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, just for a change. To the movies, to the cinema, or to your desk? I've been both. Good. Let's let's hear about the experience in the cinema. Well, I went to see, I went to a uh, fundraising screening Mm -hmm. um, at Acme Mm -hmm. of uh, the documentary The Last Chance Hotel, which is about Gatwick. Yep, yep. yep. Um, Which is, it had already screened on the ABC. I missed it when it was on the ABC, Mm -hmm. but I watched it uh, and was. I'm surprisingly moved by it. A lot of people, they consider the Gatwick the lowest place in the world. Oh. Oh. There's a type of people that come in here. And you know why? It, it doesn't look like much. But this, this is the last chance I call it. I call this the last chance hotel. The, uh, the sisters who ran the Gatwick. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you say sisters, you mean... Twin sisters. Actual sisters as opposed opposed to the sisters of Show No Mercy who, uh, you know, ran me into the ground as a primary school student. Yes. Uh, It it gave me a different different perspective on them because I'd always had this, you know, slightly dubious feeling Mm -hmm. about like, yeah, it's like the Gatwick... There's a lot of people who get sent there in emergency uh, situations, a lot of, or there were, um, you know, a lot of uh, housing support uh, sort of services money goes mm-hmm. in to support them being there. They're usually only there short term, those people. Um, yeah. But it's kind of like, is it a financial thing for them or is it sort of well, like Well, you a, find that out, don't you? Well, I think so. In the documentary, it yeah. certainly made me feel much more that they were, I mean, they're running a business, no question. But they were uh, also But they were also genuinely, genuinely motivated by a concern for these people Probably not every single one of them by no, any no, means, no. but they had long-term tenants there, people who've been there for 30 years and so on. And uh, I think they were exhausted by running it and the idea of getting rid of it was very attractive to them. It is, we have to say, it is their building. It, they they had a stake in it from, I think, 1972. You it know, is completely in. within their rights to That's dispose right. of their property That's as right. they see fit. The, the, the claim is made in the film that uh, the police basically made it untenable for mm-hmm. them, that they they had basically delivered an ultimatum saying that we're not going to come here anymore and you're going to be hit with all sorts of fines around and the pe- and tell, so tell on. Tell the people why the police would say that and why they were coming there so often. Yeah, what do you mean? I mean, oh, well, there were, a lot of, there were a lot of drug addicts there, a yep. lot of people uh, who were certainly um, alcoholics and, and mental health issues and so on, but the, I think... Um, Petty crime... The influx of ice, I think, mm-hmm. into into the area and into the hotel, or um, it's a rooming house, really. Yeah. Uh, particularly, were um, problematic, and the police were being called multiple times each night, and it was unquestionably n- not tenable, I think, for it to yeah. continue as it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I suppose the question, and the, the, the doco doesn't really go into this, but the question really you'd have to ask is was selling it off to uh, the producers of a reality television series, The Block, and conversion of 
yeah. I think there were 80 plus rooms yeah. in, in the, the Gatwick into basically five luxury apartments. Was that really the only, or six luxury apartments? Because it was the, the sixth one that was given away to people who bought a, uh, a Monopoly board game. There was a, a gold ticket. I thought, the, I, I, no, I thought the sisters got an apartment. They bought one. Yeah, yeah they, they bought one. They bought one. They didn't one. get one. They bought one. Yeah. Okay. I, I wonder so if how know, much that can be shooted home to them. I mean, once you sell a, a property, it's... it's you yeah, know. sure. You, you have no but you're, I remember happens. you making this point in one of the rare times I read I read something that you wrote. I remember, yeah, you, thanks, ma- I remember you made this point. <laughs> and I thought, and I brought this up and I thought this was an excellent point that in terms of social housing, in terms of the way property is used in the inner city, especially when it's a, a building that was once home to... 70, 80 people, the amount of uh, the producers were talking on the radio saying that, that almost all the women that were in that rooming house are now on the street, have nowhere to go and experience violence and, and insecurity and danger. And the insult of that being turned into a, a, a five penthouses is is a terrible thing for our society to to ignore you know we mm. we should there be council bylaws should the should there be some planning lien on a building like that or should we just have a system now where when you build something you have to take in the cost of what what is being displaced by building this new edifice to to well i think that commerce. i think that last one is is something i'd, I'd like to see that mm-hmm. that if you're displacing people there needs to be some sort of impost placed on the the developers yeah uh, or some direct provision mm-hmm. of some kind of social housing, or, or you know, a sort of a, 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 a fee or a penalty that yeah. is then used directly to create alternative yeah. social housing. I mean, yeah. you know, there is there is a serious problem. I mean, there's, there is. There's, uh, well, I think the shortfall is deemed to be around about a hundred thousand housing social housing units in Victoria. That's just that's that's appalling. It is, and I, it's it's not a vote winner. You know, not, this is a no, it's not. People don't care about. They will people. Say I want to say people, but you're right in terms of being a vote winner. It's hardly something that either party are going to feel is going to bring them over the line. Saying we're going to look after ice addicts, we're going to look after junkies, we're going to look mm. after you know. I mean, violent are, people. There are a lot of mental complex. Illness questions and issues around mm. so the provision of social housing and, and the notion of responsibility flowing, flowing both ways, yep. I would argue. But, yep. um, and I'm not, we're not going to address them here. It's a damn big topic. But You'll but give us the date of your yeah, town yeah, hall. Yeah, I'll, and, I'll, I'll, yep. make, I'll make a note. Yeah. Yeah, good. We, uh, all get down. Notice, yeah. we all want, we all want to yeah, get down yeah, there for do, that. Do. You know, I, I think that at bottom, yeah. I think the society has uh, an obligation, a wealthy society certainly yeah, has an obligation yeah, of to look after yeah. those who are not able through uh, a variety of uh, means or a v- yep. variety of causes to adequately look after themselves. Exactly, yeah. For years we've put up with people telling us off, spitting at us. The constant badgering is a torture. It just wears you down. We have no option but to close. The Gatwick was not, was, of course, was a private hotel and it was, uh, f- the people would pay their, whatever their benefits would, would cover their their accommodation and sheets and things like that. In the northern suburbs, the a lot of the Housing Commission estates have been gradually being dismantled and turned into places that you can buy and live 
in or on, so to speak, the notion that these really tall tower blocks are dehumanising and are not fit places for families and humans to live in anymore, that it was a misguided idea to build all these great towers that they started all over Europe and, and uh, America and Australia in the 60s. And so in Carlton, they've been dismantling them and, and adding medium density, still allegedly presumably putting in enough so that the people who are living in those ones aren't being displaced, that they're living close to the ground and have greater amenity. But also they're living cheek by jowl with people who have bought in to an area that is a very expensive area to yeah. buy into. Well, increasingly the government is pursuing um, PPPs, mm-hmm. private-public partnerships, where they turn over what was state-owned housing uh, land or, yeah. or facilities to developers who redevelop on the proviso that a portion of what they build is for social housing. But that proportion it's not is enough. pretty low. No, it's I know. They, they 10, get away with it. It's outrageous yes. and it's something that uh, our planning minister at the moment is Dick Wynn, the Victorian planning minister, should be made. Anytime anybody, and I'm sure we all do, feels some kind of umbrage at a planning issue, whether it's a, a not-in-my-backyard style thing or whether it's an issue like the kind Carl and I are talking about, doesn't take much just to i've rung him before and have never been able to get through but he's always he's always easy to, to see on the streets uh his office is in brunswick street now it used to be in smith street brunswick street fitzroy so he's easy to spot but you can write to him and let him know how you feel because that is part of our great island story it's not just every four years that you get to cast your vote you can do it anytime you want to sit down at the computer like i say pick up the phone by all means but you, you might not be able to get through I do remember ringing him once when the power went in my house. I was very angry because the electricity company were not being forthcoming. And I said, I want Dick over here. I want him to do something about it. I've got nothing to cook. I've got a baby. I've got one bottle of wine that's rapidly diminishing and a candle. And the lady answering the phone, oh, he's not here. I don't know what you think he can do. Oh, he's gone now, love. Yeah, well, it's 8.30 and it's dark and I'm cold. I feel your pain. (laughs) Isn't that great? Talking about the Gatwick and ending with me and a yeah. diminishing bottle of wine, one yeah, candle, yeah. trying to get my local MP <laughs> my heart, on the phone. My heart bleeds for you. <laughs> for two days, I had no electricity. <laughs> I had to sit in my Range Rover with the heating on oh, just dear. to have a shave. All right, stop now. Stop now. <laughs> I don't, Why, my I manservant have, <laughs> have trouble finding me. <laughs> I don't have a Range Rover. <laughs> I do have a manservant. <laughs> Andrew. Yes, Carl. You're still here. I I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> I actually went I actually went to the cinema cinema as in with other people. Yeah. Humans. As a paying customer. Yeah, oh, here we go. Twice. Yes. Twice. I went I went during the French Film Festival to mm. see the Sisters Brothers. Now, mm-hmm. do you know this? Mm-hmm. No? Mm-hmm. I, know, I'm, I know the French Film Festival, yeah, but I don't good, know the Sisters you. Brothers. Yeah. No. It's a film directed by um, a Frenchman called Jacques Audier, right? which is okay. why it's in the French Film Festival, even though that's the only thing that's <laughs> okay. French about All right. it. So it's based on a novel by a guy called Patrick DeWitt, who yeah, uh, is, I think, a terrific writer. Uh, he's written, I think, four books, all of which I've read, including the Sisters Brothers. All and four? And behave. And um, he's no Patrick O'Brien then. I've gone back to read The Sisters Brothers. Mm-hmm. I've just started reading it again since seeing the film because it's one of those rare occasions where I'd seen, I'd read the book not that long ago, yep. you know, probably a couple of years ago. Saw the film. Yep. Came out thinking, it's pretty faithful. Okay. But not precise. Yeah. They've changed a few things. And then I thought, oh, yeah, I've got the book on my Kindle. I'll go and reread it. 
and started reading it and it was like, actually, they've changed a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sort of okay. plot details and I think things that have You know, I always around. think that's good. But, so what I would say is, like, it's, it's an object lesson almost yes. in how you can be not especially faithful to narrative, yes. but extremely faithful ah, f- yeah. to sort of tone and, yep. and feeling yep. and... Mm-hmm. and Sentiment, I guess you know, and mm-hmm. it's uh, it's it's a it's a it's a western. It's about two brothers who are assassins. Yep, uh, played in this uh, by Joaquin Phoenix. Played by one guy. Played by Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley. <sighs> Eventually, you're going to get us killed. Forgetting something. We are the sisters, brothers. We're good at what we do. Charlie, get away! Are you upset? I'm leaving. What's wrong with you? You hit me in public, Charlie. So I slap you, you slap me back. Raven, so go ahead. Hit me. Hit me. Jesus Christ! What is your goddamn problem? So I was going to say, I'm getting a little sick of the one, even though I love Counterpart, I think that's a special case, put it to one side. The one person playing two guys thing, it's just, it's old, man. Like, let's have, let's do this. John C. Riley, Joaquin, clearly Siamese twins, conjoined twins. Jake Gyllenhaal plays this kind of private investigator. These are all kind good of names. These and, are all uh, good people as, to see in a film, I reckon. And Riz Ahmed is uh, this guy that they're hunting for. <clears throat> That's probably the most uh, overt change in, between, in the book hmm. in terms of like characterisation. Uh, so Riz Ahmed uh, is not a ginger-haired white guy. Uh, in his is in his middle years, so in, you mean in the he, book? Which the character is in the book? Yes, 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 yes. The ginger Herman, man, Herman Warm, he's we, we, called. We've had we've had one ginger man in this show. We don't need any more. And there's also uh, yeah. there's a sort of a peripheral character, a minor character called Mayfield, mm-hmm. who is a bloke in the book and is a woman in the film. So a few interesting little twists. Yeah, things that but aren't really, really going to affect. No, the, if, if it's if it's a good film, it's a good film. It's a cracking right? film. Yeah, good. It's I'm glad that really sounds really good. good. Really I remembered good. what I wanted to say to you as well. And it's a great book. I might. Yeah. Add. Oh, good. Patrick Dewitt. Patrick Dewitt. Sisters, brothers. Does he the write in English? He writes in English, being yeah. an American. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not their first language, but sure, <laughs> sure. Hey, this is the sisters, brothers. You don't stand a chance! Charlie? Huh? We've had a good long run. We need to get out. We can open the store together. A store? This is nonsense. We were casting about for personal sponsors. I was thinking about this today. Personal sponsors? Yeah, like so, so, so you know how. Like if you're in AA or something. Well, so, no, 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 no. It's, it's, I'm going to retract that word because yeah, you make a good point and show me up for my sloppy grammar. In the music industry, yeah. you can endorse a brand of guitar string, right, right, right or right. Yeah. amplifier, yeah, or you know, drum yeah. pedal. And Zildjian drum you, you, symbols that, or whatever. You'll get some money if you're really big yeah. and some stuff or maybe yeah. you'll just get some stuff or, you know, it, it depends on your level of fame. And I was thinking, you know, some, some products that I would happily endorse yeah. that would make this podcast better. Oh, yeah. And I was wondering if you had any products that you think you would be, you would be happy to walk down the street and people say, that's Carl Quinn. He's the face of OPSM. <clears throat> oh, Whatever. Felton Road Pinot Noir. I'd, I'd happily, okay, I'd happily right. endorse okay. that if they okay. were to send us a crate. It's, it's Felton Road. Felton How Road. How do you spell that? Felton Road. 
Is it R O H D E? Imagine you got some sort of like soft woolly stuff, and like you put on it, and you put it, yeah, that's right, and you put it on on top of the the street where you live. Yep, that would be felt on road. Felt on road. Okay, yeah. I was thinking the first thing I thought of, mm. and it may have to do with what I was doing at the time, Pantherella. Do you know that brand? Pantherella. It makes me think of something to do with heavy metal. They make socks. All oh, right. Okay. Excellent, excellent socks. Expensive and excellent socks. Right. That I don't think I could ever, if they delivered me a box yeah. of assorted socks. Is this like a blatant call out no, 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 for, no, no, no. for grass? Just, just, no, no, no. I just thought like the first thing that came to mind was socks. <laughs> really good socks that never will get holes in them. <laughs> this, That's, is, this is socks appeal. We've yeah, got, socks we've got appeal. Lots of but socks then, appeal. then, of course, I thought about what used to be my favourite brand, whiskey. No longer because they did uh, something that destroyed their goodwill, created a vacuum in the market that another brand took over, and I feel that they've been on the back foot ever since. They withdrew their twelve-year-old single malt, and um, because for whatever reason that they concocted, and they replaced it with a horrible no-age statement malt. I wrote them a letter about it, criticizing them and trying. Well, you had no electricity. Yeah, yeah. correcting their behaviour. They wrote me back a very. Correcting their behaviour. They wrote me back a very <laughs> mealy mouth. Oh well, everyone's entitled to opinion. We'd love to hear what you think about. It. Blah, 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 blah. Said no. So yeah, they've brought it back. Right. Their twelve-year-old has reappeared mm. on the shelves. At is it now a, called the Andrew Young special label? At a sixty percent price increase. Whoa! Sixty percent price increase. Now right. this was a. Uh, Bottle of twelve-year-old whiskey that at fifty to fifty-five dollars was extremely good value, right? It has now been replaced in the market by another distiller with its twelve-year-old single malt that is about fifty dollars. That is not as nice as this one, but then tastes change over the years. I mean, what was what was great a few years ago it might be because a lot of whiskies have now been making them a little sweeter to appeal to certain markets that are now getting into whiskey that Which didn't used to. Chinese? Chinese, Indian and American. Right, right. Americans are now getting into single malt. And you know how they love everything sweet over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. So a, a particularly peaty brand of whiskey that I used to enjoy, I can't drink now because it's like they've added in. Really? You know, a cup of sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, they've brought back their 12-year-old 60%. So you can just work out what 60% of $50 is and I'll let you do the math. It's $30. So this is not the my this is not going to be my single malt whiskey in endorsee. I would endorse the brand that took its place right. in the market. Right. And Tanqueray. They're, they're another brand I'd be proud to represent Tanqueray. All of the Tanquerays are excellent Tanquerays. I love and I <laughs> I like the Australian ones, but they cost twice as much. The, can, I, know, can I just say the Australian ones. This is all Hippocampus, very all fascinating old Melbourne Andrew Young. stubble. But I'm um, I'm starting to wonder if you've got some secret endorsement deals going on the side that I've been not cut in on. No, no, no. I would I would never do that. If somebody contacted me and said, hello, my name is Mr. Pantherella. How are you, Mr. Young? I say, I'm fine. But we need to bring Carl Quinn on this. He also wears socks and probably is in dire need of them more than I. <laughs> so, Mr. Pantherella, talk to us both and we'd love to, we'd love to represent your socks on our podcast. Well, that's it from this episode of The Clappers. Good, wasn't it? Anybody out there who wants, who wants an endorsement? Tinkeray, Glenn Murray, <laughs> Pantherella and Felton Road. You know where to find us. That's our stuff. That's what we like around here. And if you just want to join our Facebook group, you know where to find that it too. It doesn't cost a cent. 